It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right it. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? All right, uh, Jackie, you take it here. Should old acquaintance be forgot all right, uh, Caroline, now you come in. For old time, my dear, for old time. Uh, now everybody take it together with vigor.
Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, the last day of 2021. Remember, it was just a year ago we were uh, celebrating the last day of 2020, and we thought uh, as soon as the clock rolled over at midnight, we would uh, be past the pandemic. Well, that didn't quite turn out the way we thought it was going to, and uh, I'm going to try to avoid making the same mistake this year and just assume that it's going to be a little while before we uh, completely get this thing under control. While a lot of things have gotten back to normal and it's good to see and, and good to be able to participate in some things, it's um, it, it's still worthy of some caution and we will continue to exercise that caution here on the Tom Sumner program. But today we're going to count down to noon. <laughs> as we do each and every day from 9 a.m. to noon. And uh, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour on this uh, New Year's Eve edition of the Tom Sumner Program, we're going to talk about what happened, no, whatever happened to Orson Welles, which is the title of a uh, book by Joseph McBride, who is... Um, a professor in the School of Cinema at San Francisco State University. He's a former reporter, reviewer, and uh, was a columnist for Daily Variety in Hollywood. He's written 22 books, including acclaimed biographies of Frank Capra, John Ford, and Steven Spielberg. And uh, his book, um, we're going to talk about Orson Welles and his book, Whatever Happened to Orson Welles, a Portrait of an Independent Career. That's coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour. It is Friday, so we always try to, well, we try and shine a little spotlight on show business. Sometimes it's music, sometimes it's uh, theater, and sometimes it's the movies. Um, and we will definitely uh, be doing that during the third half of our three-hour tour. In the, um, in the middle today, in the second hour, uh, Mark Strauss is uh, author of uh, the new memoir, One-Legged Mongoose, Secrets, Legacies, and Coming of Age in 1950s New York. And it's um, an, an interesting story and uh, an interesting guy. Um, Mark Strauss uh, is a poet, writer. He spent many years as a uh, medical oncologist. He's an art collector, runs a, a gallery in New York City named after himself, the Mark Strauss Gallery. Anyway, Mark will be my guest and a uh, very interesting story about uh, growing up in 1950s New York. And uh, I, think you'll, I think you'll enjoy this conversation very much. But we're going to start out this first hour rather than having uh, a specific guest this hour. Um, we are going to... Oh, shoot, I didn't queue up some things that I had intended to, but I will do that in plenty of time, I think. Um, I hope you've been enjoying this uh, this last week of looking back at 2021 it's um it was it was an interesting week to put together of course wednesday is always armchair politics day and we uh revisited our halloween show um 
from this uh, from this past year from hell Michigan or as we like to call it armchair politics from hell um, and then for Monday Tuesday and Thursday this week I did something different you know we always have a different guest each hour of the show and what I did is I went back through the 2021 calendar and I looked at all the Mondays and I picked out a highlight from the nine o'clock hour and then I went through all the Mondays again and picked out a highlight from the 10 o'clock hour and uh, did the same thing for the 11 o'clock hour and then I repeated that for Tuesday and for Thursday so um, they were highlights from 2021 but it was just kind of an interesting way of selecting them and um, we're going to uh, do something a, a little different this uh, this first hour coming up in in just a few minutes um, well we've got a break coming up in a few minutes and I, I think I'll wait till after the break we're gonna look at ba back at some of the people who passed away some of the notable people from the Flint area and you know a couple one from Detroit um, Carl Levin, 87, longest-serving Michigan senator, passed away this past year in July. And uh, there are some others. And we're going to talk about about them. Um, Terry Banker, Tom Skinner, Dale Kildee, and Peter Kavanaugh all passed away this past year. And those four have something in common. They were all guests multiple times on the Tom Sumner program. And... Um, we're going to look back and remember them and hear some things in their own words and uh, talk a little bit about them and remember them on this uh, last day of the year. But just, just during the, uh, the, the first hour of the show, this, uh, this next segment coming up. And I will try and squeeze in some music to make it a little more festive. I mean, we don't want the whole thing to be like a funeral, but... These are people worth remembering and, and worth uh, giving a little head nod to um, on this last day of the year. And then um, I, I'm thinking about some things, and maybe you can shoot me uh, an email or, or send me a note on Facebook or something um, about how to do things different in uh, 2022. Um I'd like to open the phone lines up. I'd like to get some people call in and, and share their thoughts and opinions. Um, I'll continue to schedule interviews with, with great guests like the ones we have today. Joseph McBride coming up in the, in the third hour to talk about Orson Welles. And, uh, and of course, I mentioned um, oh, who's coming up in the, uh, in the second hour. Mark Strauss talking about his... Uh, memoir and um, coming of age in 1950s New York um, but I, I would really like to get uh, listeners to become much more a part of the show we used to do that years ago and it'd be kind of fun to bring it back and make 2022 all about you and I, I I'm thinking about that and uh, if you're listening if you're kicking off your New Year's Eve uh, 
celebrations or whatever you're doing for New Year's Eve. Um, please make sure and keep yourself safe. But uh, if if you're if you're listening, think about sending me a note um, in the next couple of days and let me know what you think, what you would like to hear on the show. I'm, I'm you know, when I people used to give me all kinds of suggestions and advice, they still do. And, and and I always tell them, I said, you know, when I when I hear a suggestion, if I don't seem to warm up to it right away, it's because I'm thinking, how am I going to do this the hundredth time? You know, it's easy to do it once, but then you got to come back the next day, and then what do you do? So anyway, um, I'd like to do some different things in 2022. Also, like to see uh, uh, we have lots of room for people who want to uh, participate and help support the show. And I encourage people as we roll over into the new year, um, it'd be nice to, to have some new sponsors. If you haven't become, if you haven't been a sponsor of the Tom Sumner program, either through Facebook fundraisers or just by, you know, uh, sending a contribution and, and underwriting the show and getting recognized on the show for that those contributions um, think about it in in 2022 um, I really would like to make that kind of the the slogan for the year all about you in 2022 uh, but uh, as I mentioned we are going to take a look back at some of the people we lost this past year um, a lot of people from the national list, and maybe I'll go through some of that too, but I do want to make sure and talk about some of these people from from the Flint area that, that were involved in the show in, in various ways. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that, and then we'll be back, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take New Year's Day off, and we'll be back on Monday the 3rd with uh, all kinds of... Uh, new stuff and and new guests so hopefully uh you will roll over into the new year with us so anyway um on that note we're going to take a short break we'll be right back
Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated, it's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. 
and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom Sumner with an excerpt from my book, All I Wanted Was a Haircut, called Now Therefore Be It Resolved. There's a song by young jazzer Jamie Cullum about resolutions. In the chorus, he sings, Resolutions, baby, they come and go. Will I do any of these things? The answer's probably no. I really like the song and that line in particular, except for the word baby, but I know it's for rhythm and timing, and of course it reinforces that he's singing to that special someone. Most of our New Year resolutions are self-help in nature. Every year we plan to quit smoking or lose weight, but teen smoking is on the rise and Americans keep getting fatter. Then there are some who share the elder George Bush's wish for a kinder, gentler America. That doesn't seem to be doing any better than the weight loss thing. Many people are so concerned with improving themselves that they have time for little else. Winston Churchill said the maxim, nothing but perfection, may be spelled P-A-R-A-L-Y-S-I-S, paralysis. I don't usually admit to making resolutions, or I make them so easy I don't have to try to keep them. Stuff like I resolve not to kill anyone this year, even if they really deserve it. Or sometimes I just resolve not to resolve. At various levels of government, there exists a practice of adopting resolutions and issuing proclamations. Groups like Congress and city councils pass resolutions, while individuals like the president and mayors make proclamations. These resolutions and proclamations can be for or about anything. Most often, they recognize some special achievement. Good Samaritans, organizations that do significant work in the community, or long-standing businesses that reach some historical milestone are among the usual recipients. There is a formula that lists the reasons for the resolution or proclamation. A typical formal resolution ends with the phrase, Now therefore be it resolved that... What follows is something like, December 31st, 2000. 13 be recognized as resolution day in the appropriate city, county, or state. Then it is signed and sealed in accordance with the form and or process being used. Among the most fun resolutions and proclamations that I have had a hand in writing were ones that were real but done to be funny. There's usually a top 10 list of the dubious accomplishments of some individual being roasted by friends and declaring a special day of recognition in their honor. They're pretty fun to write with all of the appropriate whereases and therefores. The resolutions that we all make on New Year's Eve are really proclamations, but we call them resolutions with hope that we will actually have some resolve, but we rarely ever do. This year I'm taking a shot at an actual resolution. It's not a big deal, it's not like I have to really keep it or anything, so here goes. Inasmuch as I have been disillusioned by many people and things that I have held in high esteem, and I have been depressed, angry, and bitter, and whereas these things have caused me to become less attached to the people I care most about, and I have taken myself and others way too seriously, 
And whereas this has caused me to be defensive, morose, and uninspired, and I have skills and gifts that are being squandered, and inasmuch as recognition and acknowledgement has never been more important than achievement and accomplishment, and the only real failures result from the fear of trying, now therefore be it resolved that January 1st, 2014 be recognized as yet another first day of the rest of my life in the city of Flint, county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, and duly notarized by someone duly sworn and authorized to ascribe such notarization and subject to the conditions agreed to by Tom Sumner as follows. I, Tom Sumner, hereby resolve that in 2014 I will turn over a new leaf, or at least turn over an old leaf so that it looks like it's new, not gain weight, at least not a lot of weight, not smoke, or at least cut down in places where smoking is not permitted, be kind, well, okay, to animals and small children. Use caution with power tools, unless I'm pretty sure it will work that way. Try not to fall down. Remember to duck more. Not drink alone, unless I'm on the way to a gig. Gig more. I could probably come up with more, but I don't want to overdo it. It's hard enough keeping the promises I make to myself all through the year. I'm really not very good at it. I really will try to face each day with optimism. I will try to be a little smarter today than I was yesterday. And I will try to learn from my mistakes, even when I make them again. But above all, I will try to put the needs of others ahead of my own with greater fidelity. Truthfully, I will very likely make a few resolutions to myself this year, as I have in the past. I don't share them with anyone. At the end of the year, I will ask myself, like I do every New Year's Eve, have I been true to them and myself? The answer's probably no. And continuing on with our New Year's Eve edition of the Tom Sumner program, I did mention uh, earlier uh, when when we started this morning, I, I promised we would take a look back at some of the people we lost this past year. And uh, I'm not even sure I'm going to do this in any particular order. Um, let me just grab one and go and, and, and see how that goes. One of the one of the biggest known, probably uh, local figures, or thought of as a local figure, is actually from Detroit. Always kept Detroit as his home. Um, was Michigan's longest-serving U.S. Senator Carl Levin, a liberal Democrat who rose from a prominent Detroit family to become Michigan's longest-serving U.S. Senator and helped set military priorities and investigate corporate behavior for decades before retiring in 2015. He passed away in, oh, um, uh, let's see, where is it on the list here? At the end of July, um, at age 87, and... Uh, Let's see. Um, back in Detroit, Carl worked as an attorney, as general counsel for the Michigan Civil Rights Commission, and as Detroit's chief appellate defender. In 1961, he married uh, Barbara Halpern, who would uh, later graduate from Wayne State uh, Law School. 
They had three daughters together. In 1964, Carl's brother Sandy ran for and won a seat in the Michigan State Senate. Then in 1968, Carl won a seat on the Detroit City Council that he held through 1977, serving his last four years on the council as president. In 1978, when then-U.S. Senator Robert Griffin, a Republican, indicated he'd had enough with Congress and moved to retire, Carl Levin jumped at the chance. Griffin got back in the race, but it was too late. He lost 52% to 48% to Levin. Six years later, astronaut Jack Lausma, a tall, handsome Republican, would try to take the seat back, noting in some of his campaign materials his physical attributes, which were different than, as Levin later told the Washington Post, his own plump, balding, and disheveled look. Levin embraced his attributes instead of running away from them. It worked, he later said. It also didn't hurt uh, Levin in autocentric Michigan when it was discovered that Lausman drove a Toyota. Well, you didn't do that in those days. A defender of uh, Senate traditions, even when his own party moved to change them, Levin, who was trained as a lawyer, twice served as chairman of the powerful Armed Services Committee, despite having never served in uniform himself. As such, he helped set U.S. military strength and policy, including in Afghanistan and Iraq, though he voted against authorizing the use of force in the latter. He also investigated questionable Pentagon spending practices and played a key role in overturning the don't ask, don't tell rule that prohibited gay service members from openly acknowledging their sexual orientation prior to 2011. As head of the uh, Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, he led probes questioning what he saw as corporate excesses, including those involving Enron, Apple, and Goldman Sachs. Anyway, um, I had a chance to see Carl Levin speak and, and record his, uh, his speech. Um, I'm trying to remember... Uh, when that was, well, it was right after he announced he was uh, going to resign. Gary Peters was running for his seat, and there was a get-out-the-vote rally in uh, Flint at one of the UAW halls. And I have a little excerpt from that that I'll, that I'll share right now. And uh, we'll hear a little bit of Carl Levin in his own words, and then we'll move on and recognize some other people, maybe even a little closer to home. Harry Truman came to... Detroit on Labor Day, 1948. That's before a few of you were born. <laughs> Labor Day, 1948. And he said something which we all have to remember. He said that the Republicans are going to tell you everything negative they possibly can think of, whether it's true or not. And he said the purpose of those TV ads and that advertising and those speeches is not to persuade you that they are right in their positions. The purpose, their purpose, is a cynical purpose. Not to persuade you that they're right, but to discourage you from voting. That's what Harry Truman said in 1948 in Detroit. But what this is going to come down to, I promise you, I've been in a few elections. I don't look old enough to have run when I started running. I know that. I'm a young-looking 80 years old. I'm a younger-looking 40 years old. 
And I've been, I've been through a few of these elections. And the contrast in this election is as great as any contrast as you'll find. The Tea Party dominates the Republican Party. Always great to be with the UAW. I'm an old UAW member myself. We're proud of all you guys. Let's go and do it. That was the late Carl Levin who passed away this past year at age 87 after serving, what was it, 36 years, 38 years uh, in the um, in the U.S. Senate. Another Michigan congressman who served in the House of Representatives for a long time, 36, 38 years at the same sort of length of time, uh, 36 years in fact, um, Dale Kildee passed away in uh, October of 21 at age 92. He had retired. His nephew, uh, Dan Kildee, has uh, taken over that seat. I believe he's in his second, possibly third term. And um, Dale was on the show, uh, or I guess I should still say Congressman Kildee was on the show uh, a few times. But here's one where he was uh, in the studio, I believe in person, in June of 2010. And um, let, me, uh, let me just run down a little background on uh, Dale Kildee before we hear an excerpt of, uh, of Dale. Um, where are we here? Okay. He served as Flint Area's congressman for more than 30 years. Um, he was a Democrat who had the sixth highest seniority in the U.S. House of Representatives when he announced he would not seek re-election. Um, that's about 10 years ago. He's a former Flint school teacher and the son of an assembly line worker at Buick. He won his first election to the State House of Representatives in 1964, was elected to Congress in 1976, and was re-elected 17 straight times. He told me uh, in an interview once that he prided himself in the fact that he went to Washington when Jimmy Carter went to Washington. Um, he died Wednesday, October 13th, according to uh, the Kildee family. Um, let's see what else. Uh, before his departure from Congress, uh, Kildee told M. Life of Flint Journal that he loved representing his hometown and surrounding areas in Washington. Um, as a congressman, he was a reliable ally of the automotive industry and led several educational reforms, including revisions to the No Child Left Behind policy, securing funding for Pell Grants, and supporting Head Start programs. Um, in 2010, he cemented his reputation as the, quote, Carl Ripken, or Cal Ripken of Congress, by casting his 20,000th vote. Um, he had uh, only missed 28 votes since he arrived in Washington in 1977, a 99.9% um, voting record. Anyway, um, let's see. He... Uh, I'm just bouncing around through his uh, biographer, biography here. Um, 
He grew up on the city's east side, first uh, at a home on New York Avenue and then on Jane Avenue. As a 12-year-old boy, he memorized FDR's declaration of war on uh, Japan, a speech that called the attack on uh, Pearl Harbor as a date which will live in infamy, very famous uh, speech by FDR. Uh, as a teenager and for years, Kildee was torn between life and government and the priesthood. After graduation, he spent years as a seminary student. Leaving two years before ordination, he went on to receive his teacher certificate at the University of Detroit. He taught in Detroit from 54 to 56 before returning to Flint to teach Latin at Flint Central High School until 1964 when he was elected to the State House. He met his wife Gail, a French teacher, when they both taught at Central. They married in 1965 and had three children. And uh, as I said, he was uh, on the show a, a few times. And um, here's one um, that, I, that I mentioned uh, a little bit ago. Um, from June of 2010, and I believe he was in the studio for that one, although we did uh, several phone interviews. But um, here's uh, a little bit of what Dale had to say on that show. I think there is an anger out there, Tom, but I think the anger really emanates, starts from a broken heart. A lot of Americans really are broken-hearted what's happening in the country that we're getting deeper and deeper into debt. I've talked to these people, and they they love this country like you and I love this country. And I think they're broken-hearted over some of the things that are happening, and uh, broken hearts can very often lead to anger. And uh, this has happened before in this country, uh, and I think it, uh, it gets the attention of those to whom uh, attention should be brought. But uh, I think... Ultimately, I think it would be better to cool the rhetoric but, mm -hmm. but, but keep the strong feelings that our country has to do better in the way it, uh, it raises money and spends that money. And that's what they're concerned about. Do you think a lot of people in the, in the Congress, both, both in the House and the Senate, have lost touch with their constituencies, the way some people claim? I think some members, most members of Congress have not. On the other hand, there are some members of Congress who are never in touch. You know, <laughs> I met some. That's 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 actually that's that's the one that that I haven't heard raised yet. I like that very much. But there are some who come there for the wrong reason. The reason to serve in Congress is, is to serve your country. You know, I I I had a salary teaching at Central High School. I had a job, but I think some come there not for the reason of making this. Uh, not many, but there, there are some who just don't have the right motivation. They're the minority, small minority. Most of them are there. Most of them really love this country. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have two sons who have served as captains in the Army. Uh, they love this country. I raised my kids to love this country. The vast majority of members of Congress do love this country. But there are some who really uh, are there to serve self than a serve country. Again, that was uh, Dale Kildee from an appearance uh, 
and that's Dale Kildee, not Dan Kildee. Um, he uh, held the seat for 36 years before Dan became uh, the congressman from this area. Dale was his uncle. He passed away last year at age 92 um, after uh, having served 36 years in uh, Washington in the House of Representatives. We're going to talk about another um, uh, political figure. We've got a couple of radio people we're going to talk about too. But let's um, let's get on to uh, um, Terry Banker was uh, a frequent guest on the show and participated in armchair politics. In fact, see what have I got here uh, am I I'm missing some notes here oh no here it is um, yeah Terry passed away this past year um, Terry Bankert on in uh, oh, mid to late November at age 70 he was a former city clerk and ombudsman but I was just starting to say he uh, seemed like the the most appropriate guy when I put together a panel of people to um, do an audio version of the Flint City Charter and I'll just and I'll just tell you why um, he uh, started public service at a young age by serving his country as an E6 in the US Army Reserve for six years during that time he served his community on the citywide advisory committee and in 1974 spent countless hours on the city of Flint charter revision committee updating and improving consistent operation and fair application of government and services so aside from having him having been executive director of uh, uh, the Genesee and Lapeer County United Way or Division Director, Executive Director of uh, the County Democratic Party and a number of other uh, positions that he held. He just seemed like an appropriate choice to join uh, Charles Winfrey, Paul Rosicki, and myself uh, to do an audio version of the uh, latest uh, Flint City Charter. And uh, let's see if I can this up here is a, a little bit of that uh, a little bit of that reading I pulled this I have the uh, audio charter available for anybody who's interested in a three disc set and it's broken up into different segments if you want to look up specific things but um, here's uh, Terry Bankert from that reading Section 1-603, Forfeiture of Office and Removal for Cause. A. Except for the ombudsperson who serves at the will of the Ethics and Accountability Board and the City Attorney, the City Council shall declare the forfeiture of office of any elected official or appointee and may remove for cause any person appointed to an office for a fixed term. In every case, there shall be a public hearing before the council with public notice published in the manner set forth in this charter. A city council member charged with conduct constituting grounds for forfeiture may not participate in the resolution of the charge. That was the late Terry Bankert, former uh, city clerk, ombudsman, Flint uh, attorney. 
who passed away in November at age 70. Definitely a Flint activist, to be sure, as uh, anyone who knew him would report. Now, we're going to take a short break. I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about a couple of radio people. And then uh, and then we're going to start cheering things up for uh, looking forward to the new year. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. There's more of our New Year's Eve edition straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. 
The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? All right, uh, Jackie, you take it here. Should I? All right, uh, Caroline, now you come in. For all time, my dear, for all time. Now everybody take it together with vigor. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to this New Year's Eve 2021 edition of the Tom Sumner Program, the last day of 2021, and it happens to be Friday, so we have a little uh, showbiz stuff coming up during the third half of our three-hour tour, during the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to find out whatever happened to Orson Welles. And uh, speaking of, um, well... And, of course, he's well-known for the film Citizen Kane, but also for one of the greatest radio plays of all time, uh, War of the Worlds. And we'll talk about that and uh, much, much more with his uh, biographer that's coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, Joseph McBride, who is a professor in the School of Cinema at San Francisco State University and the author of Whatever Happened to Orson Welles, A Portrait of an Independent Career. Um, so it's, it's not going to be all um, sad on, on today's show, but we are looking back at some of the people we lost during the last year. I wanted to spend a little time talking about them, and uh, I mentioned before the break that I was going to talk about a couple of radio people, and uh, one that, um, for anybody who listens to the show regularly, you know I'm not a sports guy. It, it wasn't the way things were in my house when I was growing up. My dad wasn't, you know, I mean, he liked sports, but he wasn't a sports guy. And so it just, it's never really been a thing for me. Now, my dad was a politics guy and, and, a, and a promoter of sorts, but um, so, it, you know, it seems sort of natural I would go in the directions I've gone in. But... Um, News doesn't revolve simply around politics. Sometimes there's sports stuff. And whenever I felt like we had to 
get into sports stuff, my go-to guy was always Tom Skinner. He was uh, a tremendous Flint area uh, sports broadcaster and um, just a phenomenal wealth of sports knowledge just at his fingertips. And uh, he covered uh, a couple of Super Bowls in person. He... um, course watched them all and knew everything there was to know about Super Bowl so when he'd get to be close to Super Bowl time Tom Skinner was my go-to guy well he passed away this past year and uh, at, at a very young age he was only 63 and he uh, he died in October and uh, he, he uh, lived in uh, well let's see I'm not sure if he lived in Clio or Birch Run. I, it, this is sort of back and forth, but that was his stomping ground. He uh, was born in uh, Flint, Michigan. He um, was a uh, graduate of the class of 75 from Clio High School. He uh, later earned his uh, bachelor's degree in political science from Western Michigan University in 1985. And... Um, He was a broadcast journalist, sports historian, teacher, and writer is how he was described in his obituary. And I thought we'd listen to just a little tiny bit of uh, one of his appearances bailing me out in the world of sports. Um, This is, uh, when when was this? Let me me look this up real quick. Oh, this was from uh, February 2nd, 2018, and we were looking forward uh, to, this was on a Friday, and we were looking forward to Sunday's Super Bowl, and Tom came, uh, I think we did this one by phone, typically he would come into the studio, and I think he may have come in the following Monday, Um, at the very least we did a phoner the following Monday, to see if anything he said on Friday... (laughs) came true over the weekend uh, during the Super Bowl. But here's here's just a little snippet with Tom. and just shows um, how organized and, and together he was talking about sports. I'm going to give you a little bit of history before. Uh, they have actually won three NFL championships prior to the Super Bowl era, but they're 0 for 2 in Super Bowls. They lost in 80 uh, to the Oakland Raiders, and then, now, this will be the second time they've played New England. New England beat them in Super Bowl 39 in 2005. So for the uh, for the uh, Eagles, a chance for a little bit of revenge, if you will, on Sunday when they play in Minnesota. And, and with the win the Eagles had two weeks ago, Tom and Andrea, it kept Minnesota from, from becoming the very first NFL team to play in a Super Bowl in their home stadium. So that that streak uh, continues that uh, no team has ever had a chance to win the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And that was uh, Tom Skinner, my go-to guy for sports. And uh, he um, that was from November of... Uh, no, February of 2018. And I said we were going to talk about a couple of radio guys. And, and one of my favorite guests always, um, and he, again, was on the show multiple times. 
Um, and of course, I'm uh, talking about Flint rock and roll radio legend Peter C. Cavanaugh, who passed away this uh, past year. Uh, when did he die? Um, in August of 21. Uh, but here's here's from his first appearance on the show, and he came on several times. We we mocked uh, Wild Wednesday quite a bit with uh, Mr. C, as he was called, a radio disc jockey and station manager who brought rock and roll to Flint airwaves in the 1960s. Um, he was uh, 79 when he passed away. He influenced Flint Radio for decades, working at WTAC AM 600 beginning in 1964 and also as station manager for WCK 105.5 in the 80s. He started his career uh, at WNDR at 16 years old in his hometown of Syracuse. And um, I guess we'll we'll just leave it there, and you can hear the kind of uh, enthusiasm and uh, the kind of rock and roller he was. This was uh, again from his first appearance on the the Tom Sumner program. In fact, it may have been called off the cuff at the time, um, but uh, this interview took place at uh, the White Horse, and and uh, we here's a little segment where he's. He's sort of imitating himself doing the radio ads for, for Wild Wednesdays. Talking about the ox and the who I want to do a, a Wild Wednesday spot here. It happens to yeah, be Wednesday, ahead. the 22nd of July. So you have to picture the who music and Townsend just slashing that guitar away. Got to remember the words. Tonight at the White Horse, a single point in time and space, twin concert stages explode with the sounds of Bob Seeger, Ted Nugent of the Amboy Dukes, Alice Cooper, Brownsville Station, Chuck Berry, and Rob Namowitz, and the incredible Skyhook. It's from midnight till... As a matter of fact, let's run this next one, midnight till noon instead of noon till midnight. That way we start in the dark of night and we might be able to get off to a much more interesting initial few hours that way. But it was always that energy level, both oh, in yeah. terms of music and the presentation. And it, it, it again, you know, excuse me for getting... As soon as I thought of The Who, I remembered uh, the, the main line was always a single point in time and space. Now, The Who is actually kind of a signature for you because oh, yeah. you were the first DJ in the U.S. To I can't play explain. Their music. I can't explain. Yep, yep. I was doing music with Bob Dell at WTAC. We you know we'd have music meetings all the time, and Bob pulled the record out. I have to give him credit too. And he said, "Have you heard this?" I listened to it. We both played it, and so I put it in, and uh, I just I loved it. And little we didn't know at that point. We were very intrigued that here was a group with the name of Who, and that's what caught our eye. So these little things do work in terms of getting initial attention. But, yeah, we were the first. Well, you've seen the rock and roll bit yeah, now the, to take the, off on the Who's yeah, on yeah. first. And, you know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, we, WTAC in Flint was, and it's recorded this way in all the rock history books, the first station in America to play the Who, also the first station to play ACDC and a number of other ones, too, along with all of our Michigan people. That was Peter Cavanaugh talking about Wild Wednesday and uh, and the Who and and there was so much more to talk about with all of these people, but I just thought it was nice uh, on this final day of 2021 to look at these people because they had um, a real connection with this show and uh, they are missed. So uh, to um, 
let's see where's my list here to Terry Banker, Tom Skinner, Dale Kildee, Peter Kavanaugh, and uh, Senator Carl Levin. Um, rest in peace, my friends, and uh, thank you for the roles that you've played in, uh, in your various professions and on this show. You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here!